Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. episode of the Brainiac podcast. We are a collaboration between Concussion Talk and the Concussion Legacy Foundation of Canada. Today we are welcoming Sofia Gutierrez, who is not only a member of the Concussion Legacy Foundation chapter here at U of T, but also a fellow student at the University of Toronto. We are very excited to hear her concussion story. You can connect with us at uh, U of T Concussion Legacy on Instagram. And you can also reach out to concussion.can, which is the Instagram for the Concussion Legacy Foundation of Canada. We'd love to connect with you. Perfect. Welcome back, everyone, to the Brainiac podcast. We're very excited to have Sophia joining us today, who is a fellow member of the Concussion Legacy Foundation at the University of Toronto. And she is also a student in the same faculty as I am, the Faculty of Kinesiology and Physical Education. So welcome, Sophia. We're really happy to have you. Hi, Diana. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to share my story today. Awesome. We're really excited to hear it. I have not um, I haven't had the chance to hear Sophia's story either, so it will be the first time for me as well. So it will be just like a really organic conversation. Um, and so, Sophia, if you want to just start us off with introducing yourself and maybe telling us a little bit about yourself. I know you're really athletic, right? So you have like a sports background. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with why I decided to do Ken. I've just been an athlete my whole life. I've been playing competitive soccer for about 16 years um, and just grew up really active playing every sport in school. So like ball hockey, basketball, just everything. Right. Um, I've always been super like into health. So I guess taking kinesiology was just a natural stepping stone for me. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we see that so much, right? Every, I mean, it's people consider it a stereotype, but I mean, in my experience, <laughs> the truth like people in kinesiology are like genuinely just so passionate about sports and physical activity and so um and so a lot of some of the sports you did were like kind of contact based I guess like or like semi contact based yeah I guess you would consider soccer like a semi contact based not full contact but there is a lot of contact with 
your body, your head occasionally with the ball. So, yeah. And so when was it that you think that you sustained your first concussion? Or perhaps there's only mm-hmm. one. <laughs> so I sustained two concussions from what I know. And both of them were in the past two to three years. The first one is actually completely not related to soccer. And so that one was in, I believe, December of 2019, 2018, sorry. And my most recent one was actually this past September. So while in quarantine, yeah. Okay. And what was it like? How did you sustain them? Like, or yeah, if you want to just give us like Mm -hmm. a little summary. Yeah, for sure. So my first concussion was actually from being assaulted. And I was in my first semester of university. um, And the most recent one was just from playing pickup soccer with friends. And basically, I got kicked in the head with the ball, like point blank. And I immediately just started having symptoms that I felt from my first concussion. It was super scary. Wow. That is, yeah, that's like really rough. That's crazy. And so, um, and so for both of them, do you think you had symptoms right at the onset or? Yeah, for sure. It was right at the onset. And unfortunately, like with my first concussion, I was not versed in any concussion education. Like it had always been you know, just a side talk, you know, like among coaches and like coaching staff um, for all the sports that I played. It wasn't really something that I thought I would experience. And yeah, I was just punched in the head by someone I knew. And unfortunately, I had to go to the hospital and I ignored a lot of my symptoms because I wasn't taken seriously by the medical staff at the hospital when I went. Wow. So so the doctors or the health practitioners you met at the hospital, they didn't even, like, mention the word concussion? They mentioned it, but it was so weird. So I walked to a nearby hospital because I knew something was seriously wrong. Like, I was unconscious for a few seconds. My vision was super blurry. I was dizzy. And, yeah, they treated me for a broken lip. So they gave me stitches. Um, And you would have thought that they would have done some concussion or head trauma assessment, like right there, because they're trauma, you know, um, they're versed in trauma. So um, they didn't do any of that. They really just erred on the side of caution and gave me a pretty generic, like, info sheet on head injuries. And now that I reflect on it, it was very outdated. Like the information they gave on it, they suggested that someone just wake me up every hour while I slept. And, you know, from taking sport concussion with Professor Hutchinson, I know that that's really not beneficial in recovery now that I look back at it. And, yeah, yeah, they told me to see my family doctor about it and they didn't do anything else. Wow, that's yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it does seem like the the treatment and of of concussions is getting better. But that's like two years ago. Right. You said that was December 2018. Yeah, it's like super recent. So I guess like there's still a lot of work that I mean, we know that, but there is still a lot of work that needs to be done. Your story obviously like exemplifies that. Um, Wow. And so on. But at your second concussion, you were um, a little bit you were better educated, right? You'd taken. um, Yeah, I mean, you'd learned a lot in kinesiology about concussions, I guess. So how did you handle it differently at the second concussion? Yeah, so immediately I was like, oh, crap, here we go again. Um, And I just, like, fell to the ground, held my head, and I was like, um, to my one of my friends, like, I need help. 
do you think I'm okay? And they like look me in the face and like, I was just kind of red from obviously being hit in the face with the ball. But yeah, they helped me sit aside because I was like pretty like disoriented um, and worried. So I just sat off. I took it slow. I just sat there. I didn't really, didn't really give a thought to go back into the game because I know the effects of that. Um, yeah. So hold on. Let me try to remember what else happened. Yeah, so, like, within, like, two minutes, I just, like, started being really anxious. My head hurt. I didn't know what was going on. Felt like I didn't know where I was in space. And when I got home, I just ate. I tried to sleep, but I couldn't really sleep. I got, like, maybe four hours that night, and it wasn't, like, continuous. I kept waking up. My head hurt. Super sensitive to light and sound. And I was like, yeah, Mom, Dad, I need to go to the doctor again. And yeah, that's what I did with that second one. Well, good for you. And so what was the advice given to you by your doctor? Were you able to get like an assessment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. She did a proper assessment. She was like, yeah, you're concussed again. And that I had to sit out, do no activity for two to three days. And yeah, that's what I did. And how do you feel that it helped or did your systems persist? Um, I feel that this time around, it really helped. I addressed it properly. I listened to advice. I went immediately, right? Mm. And yeah, my doctor recommended that I just stay away from sports until my symptoms resolved. And I saw her again a week after my initial appointment. And she recommended that I start doing light aerobic activity. And that really helped. I felt so anxious and just really lost like in my head, just being at home, just resting, right? Because it can be hard. You're so tempted to go on your phone. You're so tempted to like go do things. Um, and yeah, that really like, I feel like it was like a kickstart for my brain almost. Like, it was like, I feel like I know where I am in space again as I started exercising. I had a couple symptoms, like my head would start pounding a bit, but those pretty much resolved in a few days. And it was maybe two to three weeks when I started to play soccer again. Obviously, my doctor allowed it at that point. That's amazing. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you had like such a successful recovery. And clearly also because you were really diligent with um, making sure that you got help immediately. And it's like, yeah. th that's something that people find it really counterintuitive that would exercise would actually help a concussion and I think it's because like historically we've always been told that it's the opposite but yeah like light aerobic activity when directed by a doctor a lot of people are saying that it has helped them tremendously so that's great to hear that um that's the case for you as well and so um and so you never had like any relapses or anything or do you still feel like sometimes you get um some sim symptomatic uh, moments um, so for my first concussion, I have two really lasting symptoms that um, where I would say like kind of exacerbated from the second one, but it was nowhere near as worse as my first one because I saw medical attention immediately and I'm still doing treatment from my first one. So I guess that kind of played a factor into it. Yeah. So like in 2019, I had so many symptoms, trouble sleeping, significant trouble with my memory, attention, just motivation to study. Um, like I said, 
I was assaulted in like my first semester of university. So I deferred like every single test and exam I had in my first year. And it was just a huge like blow to my self-esteem. I had heard the word concussion, but I didn't take it seriously as I should. And, you know, I had always been on honor roll, never really had any trouble with my memory. So I was like, okay, maybe I just need a couple days to relax and I'll get back into my work. Maybe I just need to study harder. And I just kept like being persistent with myself and it wasn't good for me. Um, yeah, so I've had like constant ringing in my ears ever since my first concussion. Some days are better than others, but it's mostly just faded to the point where I just consider it background noise now. But every now and then I get ringing that goes like across my head from ear to ear. And it's a little debilitating when it happens because like I can't hear in one ear. And it's kind of like I got to hold my hand to my ear to just like comfort myself. And yeah, sometimes I get really bad headaches. But I would say from my first concussion, the worst symptom was that like it was very apparent to people that something was wrong. Because um, when I spoke to them, I was stuttering and just forgetting words that I'd normally remembered. And yeah, I had so much trouble speaking. I became really introverted, really reluctant to like talk to new people. And the way I would describe this would be like, I would have the words or sentences in my head, but there'd be like a lag. So when I try to say them in real time, it was almost like, you know, when you're watching a video and the audio doesn't really match up for a few seconds. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like that. And that was really scary. And I I mean, first year is when, you know, you're making friends, you're getting to know people that will hopefully, you know, be part of your life for a yeah. while. So I can only imagine like how how tough that would have been. And, it was, yeah. Yeah. And is there is there anything that kind of like relieves those symptoms a bit for you? Like, for example, the ringing in the ears, is there anything that that helps you? Or is it just kind of something that you like, you know, that you just like live with, I guess? Um, I guess I kind of just live with it now. I mean, after seeing my doctor, she recommended that I see a neurologist for it. And I'm still kind of waiting on it because of COVID. Um, there's a huge wait list for good neurologists in Toronto. And it's something I just got to be persistent with to see what they can say about it. But um, I started meditating because of my concussion. And I, that that really seemed to help. Like, um, when I get the ringing in my ears, it's really strong. I just feel kind of lost in my thoughts. So it's good to go like ground myself with meditation. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I haven't heard, um, yeah, like in my time meeting people with concussions, haven't mm -hmm. really heard people bring that up very often, but, um, yeah, I can only imagine that would be fantastic because I guess it just like, yeah, it also helps you see a new perspective on it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say that's really a good way to think about it. You see a new perspective. If you're having some worried thoughts in your head or just kind of lost in what you're doing in the day because of what you're feeling, like symptomatically regarding your concussion, it just really grounds you. And like you learn to talk to yourself in an optimistic and positive way to say, hey, I got this. Like, let me just let this moment pass. Let me put this in into a good perspective and, and let me grow from this, right? That's amazing. And then um, with regard to like preventing further concussions, because we know that um, once you have been concussed, especially if you're still symptomatic, that's, um, you know, not exactly like you don't want to get concussed again, basically. Um, so what 
are you still like um, playing soccer? How are you like trying to protect yourself from future concussions? Yeah, so I still play soccer, but I hold off. I don't header the ball anymore. If I'm feeling weird, I'll sit off the field and take a breather. I won't return to the game if I'm feeling any real symptoms, and I haven't as of yet. So I just keep that in the back of my mind to say, hey, my physical and mental health is a lot more important than if I meg someone or if I score a goal, right? So that's what I say to myself. And hopefully I won't experience any more concussions. But yeah, every concussion after you receive a first one is just a lot worse. I find and it's totally unique to everyone so you gotta just like be patient with yourself so true and I like what you said about the heading too because that's something that we drive um drive through it to our presentations as well because heading is actually like so dangerous people do not realize that so um yeah and I mean I guess you grew up heading constantly right so yeah I yeah. did and it kind of surprises me that I never felt or really noticed any symptoms from concussions because I would get hit in the head a lot with the ball just like off of crosses and trying to score goals so if I ever like experience any subconcussive blows I wouldn't be surprised because it's really a lot when you play soccer for for a lot of years growing up oh I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. yeah well as a person who doesn't play soccer when I see it from especially now having a concussion background I'm like oh my gosh like it looks terrifying because it's literally yeah. like it can be hitting your head at like very high speeds obviously um so that's crazy but um and so but mo do you like notice that people in your soccer group kind of have that awareness now or do you feel like it's still like only the people that have been concussed actually have that um wherewithal um, so one of my good friends got concussed too, and it was from a car accident, so completely unrelated to soccer as well. And both of us just avoid headers now. We talk about it, like we joke about it on the field, like, oh, we can't hit the ball anymore. Um, but yeah, apart from just us, other people that haven't been concussed, I find just don't really have an awareness for it. And it's almost as if it's not talked about enough, you know, um, especially in younger kids, because I do coach youth soccer and I used to ref youth soccer and there isn't really a good awareness around it. And that's really unfortunate and disappointing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think also like what you said about the subconcussive blows, like I think 100% that is the case. I think people are constantly, at least to a certain extent, kind of getting into that realm of being concussed and that they're just like, you know, it's cognitive dissonance, it's, like, lack of education, and they're just, like, oh, like, you know, attributing their headache later to just something completely different, so, yeah, yeah it, it, I hope that at some point, like, down the road, we can make sure that everybody, whether they've had a concussion or not, can know, um, you know, the signs, the symptoms, and see how serious it is, and so what would you say is the biggest impact that you're still um, experiencing in your daily life, Sophia, like, um, mm -hmm. So bringing the is the memory still um, for those that don't know kinesiology does re like rely on your memory a lot so I feel bad for you I can't imagine doing anatomy with like you know having memory issues and everything. Yeah, it's funny you say anatomy because I remember from my first year I failed one test and it was a it was an anatomy test on the brain and it was pretty ironic you know kind of a kind of a red flag or a sign that I should have got help, but I didn't. 
for my concussion the first time around. And yeah, so that was my first concussion. I sought medical like help from my family doctor maybe 13 months after. And it was really when I would say the symptoms got so bad that I almost dropped out of university because of it. So it was really a turning point for me. And it took me talking to a psychotherapist to actually acknowledge my concussion symptoms and get help from my family doctor. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Were you, um, besides the, I'm very happy that you, that you weren't, that you were able to overcome the portion of time when you needed or wanted to drop out. So that's amazing. What was like the main thing that made, what made, ensured that you were able to stay in school? Like, were you able to get any types of accommodations or something or? So for the year that I didn't, um, like really do anything and ignore my concussion symptoms, I didn't really get any like tailored help specific to my concussion um I would just like talk to my therapist and ask her oh can you fill this form out for me to defer a test and she would do it right um and it was kind of labeled as just mental illness for me at that point um didn't really pay much attention to my concussion yeah so I started seeing a therapist weekly and I dealt with a lot of pent-up emotions that I had And like, I find talking to someone really helps you process events and relieve stress. So I started caring about my health more. And yeah, um, I'm sorry, what was your question? I kind of forgot. I just like lose train of thought. You're doing a great job. I was 
um, I was I had just asked if you uh, besides those deferred exams if you were receiving like accommodations or help from the university in any other way um, like be, okay. especially because you said you were like kind of on the verge of dropping out like uh, maybe extra time on exams or something like that yeah so I got extra time with exams I got to defer all my exams um, after I saw my doctor, like 13 months after my first concussion. So I think that was like this January, actually. So this past January, um, yeah, that was like the best decision I made for my health. Cause like she did a concussion assessment and recommended that I start taking antidepressants, which I kind of opted out to, but I'll, I'll get into that more later on. Um, but yeah. She registered me with accessibility services at UFT, and like that was the biggest help. It's finally like, oh, um, we actually care about you. You know, you're not you're not needing to to like race with the other students to finish your exam. I got to write it in the facility that they have downtown, and it's really nice. Like you can take breaks, you can go sit somewhere else just to clear your head. You got a, a room to yourself to do your exams if you if you need it. And that was a huge help. I think it's so fantastic that they have that uh, program. Yeah, because it's just like, I mean, it promotes equity so well. And people with concussions like really need it sometimes. So that's amazing. Yeah. And so you were saying, um, yeah, because I'm interested in your the mental illness uh, perspective of it as well, because a lot of people... Um, besides like headaches and dizziness, et cetera, like don't realize that mental health can hugely be impacted by a concussion. So yeah, if you want to speak to that for a bit. Mm -hmm. So like I was a completely different person in the months after my first concussion. I was so depressed, really anxious. And, you know, I feel like that change really scares someone and you kind of deny it for a bit. And for me, it was like almost a year, right? So I pretty much denied it. Um, yeah, your mental health is so crucial to your well-being. And oftentimes we take it for granted. And with concussion, sometimes it's like, hey, what am I doing, right? Like, who am I when I look in the mirror? And it's really scary. My doctor really woke me up. She's like, yeah, if you never had any history of mental illness before this, it's pretty it's pretty significant that you're having this much, um, this much effect and debilitating moments every day. So yeah, she recommended that I take antidepressants, but I was worried about the side effects. And I knew that if my environment were different, that my mood would have been different. So if I didn't have the pressure of school, you know, taking a full course load, um, you know, having to work part-time while in university, that my mood probably would have been different. So I opted not to do that. And she was very understanding. And she recommended that I do something else. She had seen a couple studies um, showing that vitamin B2 therapy worked successfully in some people with concussion headaches. So vitamin B2 is riboflavin. And she prescribed me, I think, like 400 milligrams or something like that a day. And that was a turning point as well. Like I really felt like that had a huge effect on my headaches and mood. I felt a lot more energized, motivated to go to school. And I felt like my mental health was finally kicking back up. Wow. That's awesome. For, yeah, for people listening. Yeah. Go do your research on that. <laughs> Obviously like ask your doctor first, but that's really great that that worked so well. 
Yeah, I was really surprised. I hadn't really heard anything about it. And yeah, she basically just prescribed me that and melatonin for sleep because I would have trouble sleeping through the night. And it helped me a lot. It also helped alleviate a lot of the psychological or mental health symptoms I was suffering from, right? The depression, anxiety. And it's been okay for now. Like it's manageable. Amazing. And so what you said that your doctor, uh, when you mentioned that your doctor had said like, wow, given that you haven't had significant mental health problems before, like that was her way of saying like, this is basically attributed to your concussions, right? Yeah. And it was a turning point for me. I finally like connected the dots and realized, you know, my physical and mental health is such a balancing act and I really need to, you know, take one in account like with relation to the other and really treat them as I would say like like partners in a relationship right you can't have one without the other that's I love that that's such a like (laughs) metaphor like a good way of saying it yeah that's so true and so um and then one other topic that I was curious to get your uh perspective on was with regard to the stigma of both concussions and mental health like how how has how have the people around you perceived your concussion? Did people take you seriously or did you feel like sometimes people just didn't understand? Like what, what was that experience like? Oh, it was a big mix. (laughs) Um, yeah, I felt like I had really understanding friends, very mature friends, um, in my friend group and inner circle, like, since a young age and those people I really leaned on and they're really, really understanding. But for the new people I met, it was just like, I, I came off as kind of standoffish and rude at times. And it was mainly just cause I was, I was struggling and I was keeping it to myself. Um, yeah, it was, it was a mix of people. A couple of people in my family weren't really, weren't really understanding or empathetic. Um, they thought I was kind of making everything a big deal. And because a lot of the symptoms I was experiencing kind of overlap with the trauma that I experienced from being assaulted, it was kind of like, oh, like you're you're taking this too seriously. You just got to forget about it. And yeah, that's my biggest advice to anyone who's been concussed. Like you may feel like crap for a while mentally, And it's really important that you don't invalidate your own feelings and symptoms and say that it's not a big deal. And if other people say it's not a big deal, but like part of my language, just F that. Get away from them. Like, you know yourself better than anyone else. And it's important that you're really patient and empathetic with yourself because you got to recover, you got to heal. And yeah, it's in your best interest that you do so. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because I mean, like, you may not have like a bandage on your head or a cast on your head, but like it's it's frustrating that people can't like see past that or some people, I guess. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I completely agree with Sophia. You just have to like, you know, like tell like try your best to educate people, but also understand that some people may not get it, but you have to do what's best for you. So that's amazing. But um, Sophia, what would be like if you had like one like say like lasting statement? Or like, um, yeah, you're like your be all end all advice for somebody that was just experiencing like a new concussion. What would it be? Um, that's kind of hard because I have 
a lot of advice to give. There's, I could go on and on about this every day, but yeah, I got a huge positive out of all my experiences, um, like with my concussion. So I'll share that first and then I guess I'll give like a final statement. So yeah, a lot of people didn't understand, but I finally started opening up and talking to people more to see like, okay, have you experienced a concussion before? What's your experience, right? And a huge positive that came out of that was I connected with my mentor and her name is Tian. She's doing her PhD in concussion research and she's just had a profound impact on my life. So when I started getting accommodations in second year for my courses, she was my instructor for KP 282, which is a practical like physical activity and exercise course, if you don't know. And I opened up to her about my concussion experience after she shared with us that, you know, she was a researcher. Yeah. So she looks at athletic identity and correlates of concussion in like adolescence. And basically she helped connect me with the acquired brain injury lab at U of T. And now I work as a research assistant there. And yeah, because of my experience sustaining concussions from being insulted, I work with researchers looking at the intersection between intimate partner violence, so domestic violence, and brain injury in women. And it's a really misunderstood and complex area of research, and I love contributing to it in the little ways that I can because it's, it's so important to me. And yeah, like thinking back on that experience, you just got to take what life gives you Unfortunately, some people, you know, can go through life relatively unscathed playing most sports or living life, you know, but it can be like the flip of a switch. Anything can happen. And concussions are usually just accidents, right? They're not really purposeful. Um, and you, yeah, like as humans, even though psychologically there's like this intrinsic voice or like motivation to keep pushing through tough times, it's important that you as a person understand that physiologically, we're not invincible. So with a concussion, because it's an invisible injury, it's so easy to dismiss it, but it's vital that you don't. And so vital, it's so vital that you be vulnerable with yourself and with other people like I was. So I guess my advice to other people would be to remind yourself that when it comes to like all aspects of your, your health, so your physical and your mental health, that you just put that into context and realize that you don't need to be strong 100% of the time. And part of being strong is being vulnerable. That is, yeah, that's amazing advice. I think that's absolutely fantastic, Sophia. And I also have a lot of respect for you that you're channeling like this trauma that you experience and this both physical and like emotional pain into something so productive and driven and amazing. So yeah, I would, I really would like to be updated on that research as well, because that is such an interesting area of research. And I can only imagine um, that there isn't a lot of literature in that area. So you're probably, yeah, involved in a lot of novel uh, findings. So yeah, I would love to, yes, keep me updated. That's amazing. For sure. I will. I'd be happy to share with you again. Yeah. That would be great. Well, thank you so much again for coming. You were an amazing guest. And I hope that um, I'm sure that the listeners have learned and been inspired from your story. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
This program is sponsored by HeadCheck Health, who bridges the gap in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University, and Volleyball Canada, who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit HeadCheckHealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Bensound.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.